This is an Our Savior Evangelical Free Church podcast. To learn more, visit osefc.org. Good morning, church. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> it, thank you. It's so good to be with you all this morning, worshiping the Lord. Uh, people who are on online, um, greetings, and who are in the church, greetings to you in Christ's name. Uh, let's get into the God's word without further ado. Uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 to 11. So I titled it as Fate and Fruit of Life. Fate and Fruit of Life. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 1 to 12. But all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner. And he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. Also, the heart of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live. And after that, they go to, de- they go to the dead. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Their love and their hate And their envy have already perished, and forever they have no more share in all that is done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love. All the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work, our thought, our knowledge, our wisdom in Sheol, to which you are going. Again, I saw that under the sun the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare, so the children of man are snared at an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning time. Uh, Thanks for the time to worship you and to be with the church family as we're going to listen to your word. Lord, I pray that you speak to us, talk to us through your word, uh, encourage us, equip us, and correct us, and mold us and shape us into your likeness, O Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Someone said... There is nothing certain but the uncertain. 
if everything is uncertain, how can we be sure of something in our lives? Is there anything that we are very certain? Here, Solomon says, life is uncertain. But how can we live our lives with certainty? So in this passage, Solomon says, life under the sun is uncertain. The things that happen to good people also happen to the bad people. So does that mean Solomon is saying us to be gloomy and grumpy all the time? No, that is not what Solomon is saying. He's saying that life is uncertain. Our actions and our lives are finite. We do not know what happens tomorrow, but the gift of life that God gave us is to be enjoyed in every day of our lives, despite the uncertainty in our lives. So verse 1, Solomon talks about finitude of our actions, finitude of our lives. He says, but all this I laid to heart, examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hands of God, whether it is love or hate, man does not know, both are before him. Solomon starts it saying, all that is. So, until chapter 9, whatever he has said, he's referring to those things again. But all this, he has been observing all this, and then he is uh, commenting on them, and he is uh, teaching us. He says, he, say, he uses the two words right here. He uses the, there are, Righteous and there are wise, but there is no distinction between uh, righteous and the wise. Uh, Kohalet means the leader of the assembly or the preacher of the assembly is using uh, the two words interchangeably uh, and referring to the same thing. Uh, for Kohalet, both are the same. To be righteous is to be wise, and to be wise is to be righteous. The same can be seen in the book of Proverbs. For example, uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, it says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and the one who is wise saves lives. So in Proverbs, we see the Hebrew parallelism. So when two lines are uh, stating, uh, two lines have two different terminology, but they're both referring to the same thing. So in Hebrew poetry, we have parallelism. So uh, here also, the righteous and the wise for Kohelet are the same. So there is no difference. Uh, so that there are... Uh, so for Kohelet, to be righteous is to be wise, and to be wise is to be righteous. And then he goes on to say, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God, whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. So on the one hand, this verse informs us that we cannot really have control, absolute control over the things, because God is in control over the things. So we cannot really change anything. We, sometimes we cannot really change, oh, this thing cannot happen to me, or this thing's... I will not do it. But sometimes we end up doing the same thing or sometimes we end up getting the thing that we doesn't want to. Life is uncertain. On the other hand, uh, through this word, Solomon is not saying that fatalism is true. Fatalism is the belief that everything is predetermined and we do not have control over anything. So because everything is predetermined, we have nothing to do. And we... Uh, we are operated by a remote. 
No, that's not the case because God has given us the freedom. God has given us the free will. So we are not robots, nor we are predetermined to sin. So what Solomon is saying here is God is sovereign and we are subjected to his sovereignty. And he is in control of our lives. Though we can do things, the end result is in the hand of God. So he can control the life. So this is a tricky subject. So do we have freedom and, and God is sovereign? So can the God's sovereignty dominate our freedom? Of course, yes. And in the Bible, there are many verses uh, that says uh, God's sovereignty, that God can use anyone um, uh, according to his will. So for example, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1 says, The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. So our lives are in God's hands, but at the same time, we do have freedom. So we can do things with our own decision-making, with our freedom, free will. But if that is not something God wants, God can control that. But sometimes it does not happen. God leaves us with our freedom and free will. That's why we end up getting into a lot of troubles. So though God can make us do things in a certain way, he won't because he gave us all the freedom to think and act. We can also see this from our passage uh, in verses 7 to 10. He talks about eat and drink and be happy. So that is with the freedom that we can do. We can choose to eat and drink and be happy or we can choose to be groomy and grumpy. So it's in our hands. So we should, but we should understand from this verse that though our actions are finite, the God whom we serve is infinite. He is sovereign and he is in control of our lives. Though sometimes we make mistakes and poor choices, but when we go to him with repenting and obeying heart, he will take control of our lives and protect us from harm and make our lives straighten. Sometimes we put our efforts into getting things accomplished and fully rely on our abilities, but our abilities cannot lead us to success sometimes because so we do not know uh, the life. The life is uncertain. But when we trust God and when we rely on him, not just upon our abilities, so God controls the situations. Second verse, facsimile of our lives. Here, Solomon talks that the lives of the people are the same. Whether they are righteous people, whether they are wicked people, the same even happens to the, everybody. Verse 2, it says, It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil, to the clean and the unclean to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice as the good one is so is the sinner and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath for so the Kohala talks about the fate of life here so he says the same event happens to both the good and bad people whether you do good or evil whether you are clean or unclean 
So the same events, what is the same event that Solomon is talking about here? The same event that he is referring to is death. So death comes to everyone. So we all have to face that incident of death in our lives. So he is referring that to as uh, an event that takes in our lives, in everybody's lives. So the same event happens to all because we all have fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. So Ecclesiastes um, chapter 7, verse 20, Solomon talks about um, how people are corrupt and how, uh, how they are people who are not righteous, but there are evil people. So Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, indeed, There is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. So because because of the sin, we all are corrupted in our nature, and we all sin. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. And probably that's the reason that we get the death, because the wages of sin is death. So we all have to face the event death in our lives. In verse 3, Solomon probably uh, is talking about how the uh, hearts of men are evil, how they have become evil. Uh, In verse 3b, he says, Also, the hearts of the children of man are full of evil, and madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. We see this similar kind of verse uh, in the Bible in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, the Lord said that the wickedness of man was great in the heart and that every nation of the, every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So, so the evilness is in the heart of the man because of the sin. And that is also what Jeremiah says in chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So because of this evilness in the hearts of men and the sinful nature that we carry, so we have to face the event of death in our lives. But is that all? Though all our hearts once were full of evil, now through the work of Christ we are saved. Romans chapter 6 verses 17 to 18, it says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So though we were once in sinfulness, though we were, our hearts were corrupt and were evil, but through the work of Christ on the cross of Calvary, so we are saved, we are redeemed, and now we can thank God because we have eternal life, because we are saved from it. But the death is inevitable. The physical death is inevitable to all. The finality of death, verses 4 to 6. But he who is joined with all the living has hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. 
For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. So where there is life, there is hope. This is what Solomon says. Because he who is joined with all the living has hope. So where there is no life, there is no hope too. So he says, living has a hope because they at least know that they will die. True, if we are alive, we can do anything or we can at least can hope for something that will happen. But if we are dead, we can do nothing. And the death is universal and no one can escape from it under the sun. So during this uh, COVID pandemic time, when it hit first time, uh, when the first wave came, I thought of having a conversation with my mom regarding death after seeing all the deaths worldwide, as many people were dying. I thought, I don't know when the death will come to our family or one of our family members. I thought to have a conversation with my mom about death and prepare her if something happens in our family through the COVID. But when I started talking to my mom, she was very reluctant to talk to her because she doesn't want to hear the word death. She doesn't want to see her, one of our family members die. Oftentimes we know that death is inevitable, but we don't prepare ourselves to face that. And we don't even use the word death during these days. So we replace the uh, word death with like, he passed away or he entered into glory or he left us. So we don't use the word death because we see that as a very negative thing to say. But death is universal and death is inevitable in everybody's lives. Avoiding the word death does not avoid does not mean that we are avoiding death. We have to face it. So Solomon in, in this book emphasizes that death is inevitable. And the same event, that is death, happens to everyone. We should recognize the reality of death in each of our lives, not to become, not to be discouraged, not to be uh, gloomy, but to enjoy the gift of lives in our lives today and the days we live. So death is inevitable. So we have to be prepared for that. But though we are finite, though the facsimile of our lives are same, though the, there is a finality of death, but Solomon says, Enjoy, enjoy with your life, be merry. The freedom of life and fruit of our lives. Freedom and fruit of our lives. So in the above section until uh, verse six, so Solomon made it clear that death is inevitable. So in contrast to that section, now Kohalat encourages us to be merry and enjoy the life that God gave us in this life under the sun. So Kohalat might be saying that 
You know, if you keep thinking about death, you will be discouraged. You will be discouraged. So you don't need to be discouraged because you can enjoy your life really. Because God has given that life. He says, verses 7 to uh, 10, he says, Go, eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart. Because for God has already approved what you do. So when God created Adam and Eve, or when God created everything, he said in chapter 1, verse 29, he says, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. So God has created so many things in this world to eat and enjoy and be happy. So it is God who gave us the food, and we are to eat with thanksgiving and be joyful with it. And then he also says, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. So in India, if I go and say, you can drink wine, I'm dead. (laughs) I cannot be pastor or I cannot be a minister of God in India at all if I say that. (laughs) It's a different culture. So in Israelites' culture, wine is part of food. And... And also, uh, they don't have clean water, so they used to take wine in replacement of the water, uh, which has like 2 to 3% of alcohol, which is far away from the alcohol that people consume these days. Um, so today is a freedom day, and you have freedom whether you drink or not. I'm not going to say anything or enforce or anything about that. You take your choice. But I would say that it's not sin to drink when you drink in limited quantity occasionally. But for those addicts, it is a sin. Because Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So anything that we take extreme is sin. In fact, for the food too, in Proverbs, we see about gluttony. So gluttony is not regarded as good in the Bible. So whatever, if you eat much or if you drink too much, it's not good for you. So both are regarded as bad in the Bible. But when we are taking them in limited quantity, we can enjoy and rejoice in it. And God has approved for that. And in verse 8, he tells us to have white garments and oil on our head. So what does the white garments refer to? We don't wear white garments every day. So, but it says you need to let your garments be white always. So white garments refers to festivity and they refer to purity. Whenever uh, people of God has visions in the Bible, so Jesus is appeared as white as snow, or so white garments are shining garments. So the white is 
representing purity are the festivity. So Solomon is saying again here to be in the festival mood, to celebrate. And the oil symbols for joy in Psalm 45, uh, 7 and Isaiah chapter 61, 3, uh, we see the phrase oil of gladness. So oil refers to gladness and joy and white garments refers to festivity and purity. So with this figurative language, Kohelet again saying that celebrate and be joyful. So don't brood over the insoluble things like death and be disappointed all the time. Rather, enjoy the gift of life that God has given to you. And next, he says, um, I think I lost my Bible verses here, but okay, I'll get to that. So, verse 9. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun. First he says, enjoy with your life, eat and drink, and then be merryful. And then now he says, enjoy your marriage and your family in all its dimensions, in all the days of your life. But he says here, so all the days of your vain life. So vanity or vain does not mean useless. Many people often take vanity is useless. But the Hebrew term, the hevel, um, is, does mean vapor, mist, or warm breath. It's not an useless thing. It is like a vapor or a mist. So when there is a vapor or mist, you cannot really see what is ahead of you. What is before you? What is further of you? Because the vapor and the mist covers you. And also the vapor and mist are, can be dissolved very quickly. And the life is like that. You don't know how many days you will live. You don't know when you will die. It's like a vapor. That's what James also tells in chapter 4, verse 14. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. So we do not know when the death comes. We do not know about this life because it's not very clear. So we plan things and we expect things to happen, but they don't happen sometimes. And the life leaves us with surprises. So that's why Solomon is saying, enjoy the days you have. So eat and drink and enjoy your marriage Enjoy your family time. So life is not vain or useless. Because we are all created in the image of God. We all have worth and value. We all have dignity. How can we vain or useless? The next thing, verse 10, he says... Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. You know, the first thing that God gave to Adam was, not to our pastor Adam, but the first Adam. He created and he put him in the garden to work. 
Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work, work it and keep it. The first thing that God gave to all of us is to work. So we are to work for our lives and for the people around us and for our family and for the society. Work is not a curse because it is God-given thing to which we need to be diligent in whatever we do. Paul also says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. If you are studying, study well. If you are working, work well. If you are working on a project, do it well. Do your best. Some people, they work very well when the boss is around them. And when the boss goes away, they chill out. They relax. (laughs) That's not what Solomon is saying. That's not what the Bible is saying. You work diligently. You work the best. As if you are working unto the Lord. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. So these four things that enjoying life and celebrating it and enjoying the marriage and working good. So all these four things are very contrast to the current societal values and the system and their happiness. Because we have fast foods and busy schedules and we don't have time to spend with our family or time to uh, do anything fun or time to take rest even. And the addictive pursuits of new things and the living relationships and the shortcuts to help you become wealthy, become a rich man. So all these are contrast to what Solomon is saying, what the Bible is saying here. So we need to be watchful, watchful of our lives and enjoy, with, enjoy our lives with what we have and be content with what we have. So these four are not special ones that we don't find in everyday lives. So whatever is Solomon saying, bread, wine, and the life, the marriage, and the family, we all find them every day in our lives. They are before us. They are not so special that we don't get very often. So we, they are there every day in our lives. They are routine. We need to be content with what we have and enjoy with them. And then, again, Solomon comes to the fate of life. He says, again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happens to them all. For man does not know his time, like fish that are taken in an evil net, and like birds that are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time when it suddenly falls upon them. So Kohalat is again coming to the um, beginning of the verses where he started. So in the beginning of verses, he 
starts to say the finitude of our actions and uh, that we are limited and and we do not know what happens when and then he is coming back to those things so our abilities are no guarantee of success though the swift can be the fast in the running race though the wise can earn bread though the intelligent can get rich but solomon is saying opposite to that because our abilities cannot guarantee our success we plan things with our abilities with what we can do but sometimes they don't happen they don't happen in what we expect sometimes they don't happen what we think life leaves us with surprises so what do we do our ability when our abilities are no guarantee of our success we need to depend on god we need to rely on god because he is in control of our lives that's what verse 1 says because everything is in the hand of god everything is in the hand of god so we are to be content with what we have and enjoy our lives with what god has given to us we are finite and our actions are finite and we do not know what happens when and the death is inevitable but despite of all these things we are to enjoy the gift of life and what god has given to us and we need to be joyful and be merry with what we have so i gave you five words today so finitude of our actions facsimile of our lives finality of death freedom and fruit of our lives and fate of life so even though our actions are finite and limited but we have freedom to enjoy with what we have let's pray dear heavenly father we thank you so much for your word for the gift of life that you have given to us and the freedom that you have given to us to live not to sin but to please you and to live according to your word lord we thank you so much for being in control of our lives sometimes we mess up with our lives we don't know what we do we do not know what happens in our lives but lord you are in control help us to trust you and rely on you more than our abilities more than what we plan and expect things to happen but help us not to too much rely on our abilities but to rely upon you lord we cannot see so much further we do not know what happens tomorrow to our lives and our lives are like a mist like a vapor that don't let us see clearly 
and our lives are certain. But despite of all these things, Lord, you guide us, you lead us, you help us to take right decisions, to make right choices in our lives so that we can please you and glorify your name with what we do. Also, Lord, we need to face the reality of death and help us to be prepared for that. Even though we have a physical death, but we don't have eternal death in you, Lord. Thank you for your work on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for washing us with your blood and sanctifying us and redeeming us, Lord. We thank you for the gift of eternal life in our lives. We thank you for whatever you have given to us, whether the bread or wine or or the family, and whatever you have given to us, Lord, help us to be joyful and be content with what you have given to us and be thankful to you in that. Also, Lord, when the life takes us with surprises and twists and turns in our lives, Lord, help us to trust you and rely upon you. And just hang on to you in our uncertainties. And you be with us, Lord. You bless all our people and all our church family. And you help us to grow in our spiritual lives. And be with us for the rest of the week until we meet again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our Savior is a congregation located in Wheeling, Illinois. Our vision can be summed up in four words. Building community bringing Christ. To learn more about this vision and our hope for our neighborhood, visit us online at osefc.org.